0: The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins welcome to Coastal Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris. I'd also like to welcome everybody who's watching us live online uh, right now. Thanks for tuning in. Man, I am excited that next Sunday uh, we are kicking off what we've been gearing up for for quite a period of time now. We're kicking off a church-wide campaign called what? Daring Faith daring faith. And it begins next Sunday here on Sunday morning. It's called The Power of Focused Alignment. Uh, our entire church is going to be going through this campaign together, uh, this study together on faith with messages here on Sunday morning talking about uh, putting faith into practice and, and a stepping out and trusting God and believing Him for great things in your life and talking about experiencing everyday miracles in, in your everyday life. Uh, it's going to be exciting. And then next week begins our life groups. All our life groups finally kick off. We had life Group Sunday about a month ago. Most of you signed up for a group. We have over 37 different groups all over Charleston. Uh, the catalog for all of your groups is inside your bulletin. If you haven't yet signed up for one, do so today. You can sign up on the tables over there to my left. You can sign up on your connect card. You can sign up on our website. So it, just sign up one time, one way. Once you're signed up, you're signed up. But if you haven't checked them out yet, check them out. All of our groups are going to be studying the same thing this semester. And then all of us as individuals, we're going to be giving you a devotional guide. You can pick that up in your life group, and then we'll have those available. For those of you who can't make it to a life group, we will have those available for you. But uh, every day, beginning Monday Uh, September the 30th, we have a daily devotional for everyone. And we're asking everybody in our church to participate uh, in a 40-day fast. Even our children uh, in Coastal Kids are going to be studying the same lessons that we're studying in here and in our life groups. It is going to be awesome. All that kicks off next Sunday, so invite and bring a friend. This week, This week, beginning actually tonight and then the rest of the week, I think I have seven different meetings, uh, and those meetings are the Daring Faith information meetings. And at those meetings, uh, I am explaining uh, what we are going to be doing that's going to be coinciding with this campaign. It's our giving campaign, and our church is getting ready to completely... um, kind of blow up our campus. We're going to be building on our campus, adding on. uh, It's the next phase of our building. We're going to be connecting this building to that building in preparation for the next building, completely renovating and expanding our Coastal Kids children's space. And so I've been having a series of meetings explaining all of that, what it's going to look like, what the process is, and how you can be involved. And I've got seven meetings left. They're on this little insert inside your bulletin. Let me double check that. One two, three, four, five, six. I have six. I lied. I have six left. But there's one tonight at six o'clock. You can sign up on the back table back there in the back by the one side. You can sign up right now on your Connect card. We're luring you with food tonight is fried chicken, I believe. I think that is correct. And my wife's homemade mac and cheese and who knows what else. But uh, that's tonight uh, at 6 o'clock. There's a Tuesday night meeting at 7. Uh, There is a early Wednesday morning meeting at 7 o'clock. For those of you who need to go to a meeting before work, there's a 9 o'clock meeting, a 12 o'clock meeting on Wednesday for lunch. And then the last one is Friday night at 7 o'clock. We want everybody that's a part of Coastal to come to one of those meetings and just learn what we are going to be doing as a church as we step out in faith together during this Daring Faith campaign. Now, today, today, I get to wrap up a short uh, three-week series that we have been in all about your work, your job. And we've called it Work uh, is Worship. Now, you know what's funny, though, about the timing of this series? I got to thinking about that this week. Um, We started this series on Labor Day weekend. Okay, which is kind of strategic, right? Labor Day weekend, your work. Uh, But all of you were uh, off Labor Day weekend, and then Monday you had off from your job. And then Hurricane Dorian, remember, came through, and most of you didn't work that week either okay? And Pastor Scott and Pastor Ryan preach the first two weeks, and none of you are working, okay? And then Pastor Chris preaches, and you're all back to work, and you're all miserable, okay? So I don't know if that's fair or not. No, hopefully you're not miserable, okay? But To close out this series and really to help prepare us for the big day next week, okay, when we kick off Daring Faith and we're expecting and wanting all of you to invite and bring your friends, I want to look today at one of the most frequently asked questions that I get here at Coastal uh, concerning your job. And that is, Pastor Chris, you know, I work, this is where I work. Uh, Let me ask you, how do I share my faith where I work. You know, is that even possible? You know, should I do that? How how do we allow our faith to permeate all the aspects of our life, including my job, including where I work? Now, one of the problems with that, though, is that we tend to separate our lives into these uh, segments. You know, we we kind of imagine our life is this giant uh, pie chart. And what we do is we, we divide up the pie and we'll say like, okay, well, you know, a large portion of the pie is going to be my work life because I spend like 40 to 60 hours of work, uh, uh, an hour a week at work, and so that's, that's a large portion of the pie. And then I'll, you know, I'll give a slice of the pie to my, you know, let's call it our relational life. And if you're married, you know, you give a slice of the pie to your marriage. you got kids, you give another little slice of the pie to your family. And then maybe, you know, you give a slice of the pie to your hobbies or the things that you do, you know, in your free time, if you have any. And then if you have any time left, you give like a little slice of the pie or a little slice of the pizza or whatever to God, you know, to church. And uh, you say, well, this piece, that's my spiritual life. And so we divide up our life into these segments, these pieces of a pie. Now, the problem with that, though, is that your faith was never intended to be divided up into segments. It was never intended to be a segment of a pie. Okay? Our faith is to permeate the entire pie, right? It's the filling, okay? You see, Christianity, following Jesus, it's not a private. Uh, separate thing. It's, it's not something that, that you're to keep private or separate. Now, sure, it's a personal relationship with God, but it was never intended to be separate. Instead, Jesus taught that our relationship with him, instead of being segmented you know, into a, a slice of a pie, it's actually to permeate everything that we do, everything that we are. So again, the question is, okay, well, how then do I let my faith permeate where i work you know where i spend a large portion of my time well i want us to talk about that today as we close out this series and as we encourage you to invite and bring a friend next sunday to church okay so let's begin if you want to share your faith where you work number one naturally let people know that you're a christian Naturally let people know you're a Christian. Now, I know the blank is that you're a Christian, but you might want to circle and highlight and underline the word naturally. Okay, So let me explain what this means. What I'm saying is that you and I should prayerfully, thoughtfully, naturally work into our normal conversation that this, this idea that, that you're a person of faith. That you're a follower of Jesus. You're letting people know that you're a Christian. Now, let me tell you, though, what I don't mean. Okay? How not to do this. Now, for example, let's say that you're going out to lunch with some coworkers, workers and, uh, you know, you're at McDonald's or some fast food place, and you're standing there in line, you place your order, and uh, the person behind the counter says, would you like fries with that? Okay? Don't say... Let me see what thou would Jesus do. Okay, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. Don't work it in that way. Let's say you're at a meeting at work, or maybe you're at a, a conference or something, and one of your coworkers is obviously trying to find a seat, and there's a seat open next to you, and they walk up and they say, Hey, is that seat saved? And you say, No, but I am. Would you like to be? Like, that's not what I'm talking about either okay? Instead, what you do is you, it just is a natural part of your conversation, a natural part of your life when it comes up. And it will, it will. For example, tomorrow morning, sometime tomorrow, almost everybody in this room, everybody watching online, you're going to have this conversation. What did you do what? This past weekend, exactly. And you're going to say things like, man, I enjoyed the weather, you know, I went out to this great restaurant, loved it, got this, showed them these pictures, you know, we spent some time on the water, I watched Carolina lose again, I played, you know, (laughs) I went, you know, whatever, you know, anyway, you know, just go ahead in the process and say something like, you know what, and on Sunday, man, I had a great time at my church, You know, after next Sunday when life groups begin, you can say, hey, you know, on on Tuesday night or Wednesday night, you know, I went to my life group and I got to spend some time with some great friends. You see, what I'm saying is that we have been conditioned, we have been taught in our culture never, never to discuss what? Religion and politics. Listen, what world do you live in? What, seriously? I mean, religion and politics, it comes up all the time. All the time. Just in a negative way. So what I'm saying is that when it comes up in the workplace, you just naturally let people know that, hey, I'm a Christian and you know, I'm on this journey of learning more and more what it means to, to follow Jesus. That's it. And then, when someone's in need, Man, you let them know that you'll be there for them, that you'll pray for them, that you'll stand with them, that you're there if they need anything. And I'll I'll get into that here in just a moment. But what I'm saying is that you you naturally let people know that you're a believer. You know, there's a a verse in the Bible that talks about if, you know, if you're ashamed of Jesus, one day he's going to be ashamed of you. You know, the the word Christian, by the way, is very interesting. Did you know that the first time the word Christian was used, it was actually years after Jesus was resurrected, several years after his resurrection, after he went to go to heaven and be with the Father. As a matter of fact, Jesus actually never used the word Christian. It wasn't until the Apostle Paul and Barnabas were on their first missionary journey that the word was ever used. It was, in fact, it was so early in the Apostle Paul's life that Acts chapter 11 still refers to him as Saul. Follow along as I read. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called what? Christians first. At Antioch. So there it is. This is the first time the word Christian is used. Now, you need to know, though, when they were first called Christians, it actually wasn't a positive term. It was derogatory. They were really kind of poking fun at them. You see, the people of Antioch, they saw this little emerging group of of people, and Saul and Barnabas had come there to be their teachers, and uh, as the people were watching them, they said, Who do you think you are? A bunch of a, A bunch of Christians? Now, you need to know, though, what the word literally means. It literally means little Christ. In other words, who do you think you are? A bunch of little Christs? After all, the people of Antioch had heard about Jesus... And they had heard that Jesus, you know, said that he was more than a man; that he was really the Messiah, the Savior that had come into the world. And they had heard about his, you know, resurrection. And so here comes Saul and Barnabas, and they're teaching all these believers at Antioch. And so the people there, they're kind of on the outside looking in, and they're saying, "You know what? Uh, the way that you are living, you must think you're a bunch of little Christ's." And Saul and Barnabas were like, "Yeah, you're right." That's that's exactly what we're trying to do. We are followers of Jesus trying to be and live like Jesus, like Christ. And so the word stuck. That's exactly what the word means. It means that you and I are little Christs. In other words, we're so committed to the teachings and the life of Jesus Christ that people call us Christians. And we're okay with that. But again, some people have brought into the, bought into this idea that, well, you should never express your faith publicly, that you should just live your faith privately, and over time, people will notice. Now, people who strongly believe that usually have a favorite quote. It's actually a really good quote. It's by St. Francis of Assisi. He said one time, preach the gospel always, and when necessary, use words. Okay, sure, that's a, that's a great quote, but let, let me, let, let's be clear here for a second. If you are expecting people just to see the way that you live and know that you're a Christian, I want to remind you that uh, of the title there that's in front of Francis's name. What is it? Saint. Now, the reality is most of us don't live like a saint all the time, do we? You know, I'll be honest with you, I've never lived my faith out so perfectly that when I meet people in Walmart, you know, or at the airport, you know, and, and uh, you know they, they, they see me living out my faith that they fall on their face and worship the God of heaven and say, you must be a Christian. And I say, that's right, just call me Saint Christopher. Oh, that's right. Yeah. anyway. Anyway, but it doesn't work that way, does it? You know, instead, usually when people, you know, when I tell people I'm a Christian, maybe, maybe you're this way too, they, they look, look at you and they say, you, really? You're a believer? You know, and then you've got an opportunity, though, to say, hey, look, it doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It just means that I'm forgiven. You know, I don't have it all together, but I'm doing the very best I can to, to grow in my faith and to follow Jesus. By the way, that's a great definition of Christian, isn't it? What a Christian is. A Christian is not somebody who's perfect, not somebody who has it all together. A Christian is simply a forgiven follower of Jesus. That's what a Christian is. Got nothing to do with your, you know, political alignment. Um, It's, it's, you're a follower of Jesus. And so you let people know. You say, you know, I I don't have it all together. I, I definitely don't live like a saint all the time, but. I found a way of living and I found somebody who gives me hope and I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. You see what I'm saying is that it's, it's live it out and share it. You know, it, it's both. You know, it, it's, it's not either or, it's both and, which, which really leads me to the next step. Again, the first step of living out your faith in the workplace is to not be ashamed of the fact that you're a Christian. Let people know in a natural way that you're a Christian. And then the second step is to live with integrity. To live with integrity. Man, this is really important at your workplace. Um, Integrity is such a missing ingredient in the workplace today. Would you agree with that? I mean, it is. So one of the ways that you and I as believers show our faith at the workplace is making a firm commitment to live with integrity. By the way, normally a breach of integrity doesn't typically start with something big. Normally, it's just a small thing, a little thing. Proverbs 10.9 says, The man of integrity walks securely, but he who takes crooked paths will be found out. Listen to me. At work, you are always going to face challenges to your integrity. You are always going to face temptations to take the crooked path. Like showing up late. Abusing money, misusing relationships, sexual misconduct, abusing your expense account, stealing, listening to or spreading gossip, not putting in a full day. Listen, integrity matters. Integrity matters. Integrity is who you are when nobody else is looking. In fact, it's exactly what the Apostle Paul was getting at in Philippians chapter one when he said this. Listen to this. But whatever happens to me You must live in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ as citizens of heaven. You must live in a manner worthy of the gospel because you don't belong to this world, he was saying. You belong in heaven. That's where your citizenship belongs. In other words, what Paul was saying, in fact, what he went on to say was basically, whether I ever come and see you again or not... Whether the boss is around or not, looking over your shoulder, you as a Christian, you as a follower of Jesus, live a life worthy of your calling. Because God, your real boss, man, he's watching. He's always watching. You see, ultimately as a Christian, listen to this, you should be the best the hardest working, the most honest, the most dependable employee there is because you're not working for a boss. You're not working for a corporation. You're not working for a paycheck. If you're self-employed, you're not even working for yourself. But instead, as a follower of Jesus, you're working for God. You see, you might be tempted to cheat another person You might think it's not that big of a deal to cheat a nameless corporation. But would you cheat God? That's who you work for. That's why your work is worship. Kind of a theme verse of this series, Colossians 3.23, the next verse there. Work hard and cheerfully at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Now, Look at that first phrase, though. Work hard and cheerfully. Work hard and cheerfully. Raise your hand if you'd like to be working with those people. Hard workers, cheerful workers. You know what that is? That's integrity. That's putting forth your entire effort. That's supposed to be you. That's supposed to be me. It's doing your job, whatever it is. Whether you're at school tomorrow, that's your job whether you're a homemaker, whether you're in an office, whether you're on a job site, we work for God. It's doing the job to the fullest and realizing you're not working for people. You work for the Lord. The third step in sharing your faith at work is to always be on lookout for ways to share your faith, to share it. So, again, follow this progression. You start with letting people know that you're a Christian naturally, you know, then you, you back that up, you back that faith up with integrity, but now you're taking it a step further. You're actually looking for ways, you know, to tell people what your faith is all about. You see, I believe, we believe that as a Christian, God is constantly orchestrating opportunities in your life. You know, we say it here at Coastal all the time where you live, work, and play. And in this series, we're talking about where you work. He is, he is orchestrating these divine appointments. Divine encounters. And it only makes sense that the majority of those encounters, those opportunities, are going to happen where you spend most of your time, where you work. See, that's your mission field. And God is always preparing these encounters with, with people who are searching, people who are seeking God, somebody who's got questions, somebody who is hurting, somebody who is in a time of transition or trouble. And God opens those doors, and if you and I are prayerful and just a little alert, man we can be used by God in a mighty way to make an impact, to make a difference in somebody's life. Colossians 4:5 says this: "Live wisely among those who are not Christians. How many of you that, des- that describes where you work? You work among people who aren't believers. That's your mission field. And so he says right here, live wisely among those people. And then listen to what he says, and make the most of every opportunity. Now, one of the keys of being proactive in doing that, in sharing your faith publicly, is making sure that you are growing in your relationship privately with God. In other words, I think how active you are in sharing your faith publicly and looking for those opportunities and those divine appointments and encounters, being alert to them, has a lot to do with how active you are in your faith privately. Do a little self-evaluation for just a moment. You know, think back over the last several months. How have you done at being aware of those divine appointments? You know, looking for those opportunities to share your faith, at noticing those uh, encounters. You see, the issue may be that something is wrong privately. Maybe you've been running from God. Maybe you've been steering away from those Christian disciplines and habits that help to grow your faith. Like getting into God's Word and being in fellowship and worship and prayer. Maybe you've fallen away from your faith a little bit. Listen, I didn't come up with this principle on my own. 1 Peter 3, 15, and 16 says this, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Now, notice the first sentence there in, in those verses. You must worship Christ as Lord of your life. You see, if you're maintaining this private relationship with Christ, then you're going to be quick to share him publicly when those doors of opportunity open. And he says, be, you know, be prepared, be ready, and do it in a gentle and respectful way. Now, there, there are at least three doors of opportunity that God gives you to share your faith publicly. And I want to give them to you really quickly. One of those ways you can share your faith is just by praying for people. You know, honestly, it, it, most of the time they don't even need to know that you're doing it. But you are, you're, you're praying for them. You know, here at Coastal, periodically we, um, we give away these little uh, invest and invite cards. In fact, there's a couple of cards in your bulletin if you didn't already drop them on the floor. Uh, but uh, one of them is this invest invite card. And we give this to you. This is not for you to give away. This is for you to put in your wallet. And it kind of looks like a little credit card. You know, what's in your wallet? And really the question is, who's in your wallet? Because on the back of this card it says, the following is a list of three people that I am attempting to invest in and invite to Coastal. And I will pray for them daily. And then there's a, a little blanks there for three names. Write three names, you know, on your card and keep that in your wallet, you know, people that you're praying for. Listen, God works when you pray. And it opens up doors to share your faith with people. And most people today, you know, when they're hurting, when they're in trouble, times of tension, man, they they really appreciate it when someone sincerely says, hey, I'd, I'd like to pray for you. Another way that you can share your faith when God opens up the door, another opportunity is by caring for people. By caring for people. What I'm practically saying here is that you are looking for opportunities to care for and to serve the people that you work with. I love how 1 John 3.18 says it. Listen to this. Dear children, let us stop just saying we love each other. Let us really show it by our actions. Listen, the opportunities where you work are so abundant. If you'll just simply look for them, and if you're prayerful, opportunities to care for, to serve, and to love people. Times of sickness, times when people are hurting, times of transition, times of celebration, times when people are in need. These are all opportunities that are right before you to care for and to serve the people that you work with, the people you spend most of your time with. And then, of course, uh, the last way is by actually verbalizing your faith. That if you're loving and serving and praying, that, that over time you, God is going to open up a door where you could possibly give a clear, concise witness to somebody by explaining what it means to be a Christian. Now I realize there are times when, when God does open up those doors and you want to share, but you, don't know, you just don't know what to say. And then what you do say, you, know, you feel like it just doesn't come out right. So that's why here at Coastal, uh, periodically, another little resource that we make available uh, is this little book called The Difference Maker. In fact, this morning we've got a bunch of them sitting back there uh, on, the, uh, on the kiosk. We give this to our life group leaders. We, uh, we had a, a, a Difference Maker seminar last year. And uh, the, the whole idea of this book is it talks about the, the impact that you and I can make, the difference we can make in people's lives by offering a simple invitation, by sharing your story, and sharing your faith. And it actually steps through a very simple way of just explaining to someone what it means to be a Christian. Um, and that, that really, and you can pick up one of these today, by the way, for free. But that really you know, leads me to this, this next idea because I think one of the best ways to verbalize your faith is just to share your story. To share your story of how, how you became a Christian and, and what a difference Jesus has made. We call that your testimony. And everybody has one, everybody has a story. And your story matters, and there's somebody who needs to hear your story. Your testimony, your story is simply what my life was like before I was a believer, before I followed Jesus, how I came to follow Jesus, how I came to faith, and then what a difference Jesus has made in my life since. That's it. And people can't argue with your story. You know, there's nothing more powerful than the story of a changed life. And then, probably the simplest way to share your faith is to invite them to a church like Coastal. Invite them to Coastal. In fact, today in your bulletin, we have another one of these little tools. It's your uh, little You're Invited card. Uh, You're Invited card. Really, it directs people to our website. You, uh, our times sometimes have changed over the years, so this just uh, doesn't have our service times on there, but our website does, and you can share that with them. Uh, most people, before they go to a church anyway, they look us up uh, on, on the Internet. But you can could, you could share these with people. Give them to people. Uh, today, when you go out to lunch, you know, Leave, it for, uh, leave one of those cards for your server, as long as you tip them well, okay? If you don't tip them well, say you go to some other church, okay? Not to Coastal. Don't invite them here. Be a good tipper. Um, so look back over your outline just for a second. Look, look at this. Let people know that you're a Christian. Man, don't be ashamed of that. You know, it's, it's amazing to me how unashamed people are to share the most private, personal things about their lives with the world, And yet for some reason, we have an issue with telling people, hey, I follow Jesus. I'm a Christ follower. I'm a Christian. I go to church. So again, naturally, prayerfully, thoughtfully, you let people know about that. And then you live with integrity. Man, where you're the best worker. You're the best employee because Jesus is your boss. Then you look for ways to share your faith. You pray for people. You love people. You invite them to Coastal. And then finally, the thing that kind of brings it all together is you make a decision to love people outrageously. Love people outrageously. I love that word, outrageously. Why? Because God loves you outrageously. He does. Maybe you need to come here today just to hear that. He is outrageously in love with you. John 13 says this, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So how far should we go in our love for other people? We should go as far as Jesus went. Because as Christians, remember, we are to act like little Christs. And Christ went all the way in loving people. He went all the way in loving you. Ephesians 5.2 says, live a life filled with love for others. Does that describe you where you work? Following the example of Christ, who loved you and gave himself as a sacrifice to take away your sins, and God was pleased, because that sacrifice was like a sweet perfume to him. Listen, Christ went as far as it took. He went all the way to the cross to die for your sin and mine. And he stretched out his arms. And he said, this is how much I love you. That's outrageous love. Make a decision this week that you're not going to be ashamed of the fact that you're a little Christ. That you follow Jesus. That you're going to work with integrity. That you're going to look for ways to share your faith. Share your story. Invite someone to Coastal. And you're just going to love people, all people, outrageously. Man, if you will do that, our God will make an immediate and eternal difference in the lives of the people that you work with and people all around you. I hope you'll make those decisions. What about you? Has the problem of your sin, has that been taken care of yet? You see, ultimately, the solution has been provided. I just read about it. Jesus, He loved you so much that he gave himself as a sacrifice to take away your what? Your sin. But like, you've got to apply that to your life personally. See, that's the problem. It's not about being good people or bad people. The reality is we're all sinners in need of a Savior. You know, we all need a Savior, and one has been provided. His name is Jesus. And the issue is, Have you allowed him to take away your sin? He's already paid the price, but you've got to apply it to your life by faith. It's just one step. One step of faith. To place your life into his hands. Just to tell him that you believe in him. You put your faith and your trust in him and what he did for you. You turn your back on the sin of your life, the decision to to lead your life your, your own way, but to go his way. You put your faith and your trust in Him. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done that? If not, man, you can do it today. It is as simple and yet as beautiful as a prayer. And I'd love to step you through that. Because see, once you come to Christ in faith, not only does He forgive you of all your sin. You see, actually, what's interesting, the Bible calls us as believers, saints. Not because... Not because that we're perfect, but because we've put our faith in the only one who ever was perfect, and that's Jesus. And now, when God looks at you, when he looks at me, because we are covered with the, the blood and the forgiveness of Jesus, do you know what he sees? He sees Jesus. He sees perfection. And he says, saint. Saint. You can become one today. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you today for your word. God, thank you for the mission field that you have placed all of us in. As I look out over this room, God, I think about all the, the mission fields that people are off to tomorrow. An office place, a school, a, a job site, uh, you know, in a desk, at a cubicle, with a, with a crowd of other people, at a, in the marketplace, retail um, at a high school, at a college, at home. God, there's so many mission fields out there. God, I pray today that we would not be ashamed of the fact that we follow Jesus, that we would live and work with integrity, that we would look for ways to share our faith, share our story, invite people to a church, a place where they're going to hear about Jesus, and that we would simply love people outrageously. And if we do that, God, you would make an impact where we live, work, and play. Listen, if you're here today and you'd like to come to faith, you would like your sins forgiven, you would like to have purpose and meaning and joy for everyday living, you can have it right here and right now. Just pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, I admit it. I have gone my own way, my own path, that crooked path. I have lived my life without you. I've tried religion. I've tried rebellion. But God, today I humble myself. And I admit it. I admit it. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And today, God, I believe that one has been provided. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he's your son. I believe that he went to the cross and died for my sin. I believe that he rose from the dead and he is alive. And I put my faith and my trust in him and him alone. And for the rest of my life, God, I just want to follow him everywhere. Where I work, where I live, and where I play. I want to become more and more like you see me today, forgiven, perfect, Satan. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal, or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.